Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris or Velosos. Welcome back to Socialist Podcast on Tuesday, everyone. Stay listening. So Organised Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for joining us on Socialist Podcast, where you'll find out what's coming up in the world of socialists. Socialists, it's sewing blog for everyone. So today, Samantha is our socialist guest as we focus on accessibility. Samantha is a contributor to the Sew Enabled team, and her research is what she's here to discuss. You'll know Samantha as the Purple Sewing Cloud Online. Welcome, Samantha. How are you? Hi. I'm doing normal. That's my favourite word to say, just normal. <laughs> That's good. Before we start, I tend to ask people how we can find you on social media and where where do you live? So if you're happy to talk about that, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram at Purple Sewing Cloud and I have a blog space as well, which is Purple Sewing Cloud. And I'm also hoping to start doing some YouTube videos. I've started recording them actually. So they should be online under Purple Sewing Cloud on YouTube very soon as well. It's really good that you're putting all that effort into making sure that people know where you are, who you are and what you're doing. What's your main craft and hobby? So my main craft and hobby is sewing. That's my big love and garment sewing. I've recently took up a little bit of quilting as well and I've been doing some quilting it's so addictive though it's drawn me in and I can't stop and I just find it's just the perfect complement to go with my garment sewing as well because I can use all my scraps and I do like sewing with like cottons and wovens so a lot of them are suitable to use with my quilting as well which is really great that's good mainly garment sewing pretty dresses comfortable clothes yeah When it comes to your craft, has accessibility always been your focus? It hasn't been. I started sewing four or five years ago Mm -hmm. as part of a recovery from a brain illness. And that's when I started sewing and that's when I really got into it. And over the last few years, I've got into it and found this community on Instagram and really they've been so welcoming to me with open arms and over the last year I've talked more about my disabilities online and how my disabilities and my chronic illnesses affect my sewing you know it's incredibly frustrating sometimes because I can't sew because I'm not well enough recently what I found is my sewing machine I was struggling to do some things on it because of my chronic illnesses and my disabilities so things like changing the feet using the little screwdrivers to get the little screws out and changing the needles and threading it and things like that so I was like right I'm going to go and see if I can find a better sewing machine for me with features that are going to help me and I went through every manufacturer I went through the website and not one of them had a page for accessibility and I was like whoa so I messaged all these companies and One or two of them sent me a little bit of information, you know, oh, we find some of our users with disabilities like this feature. And I was like, why isn't the reception on your websites for this? It's crazy, you know. So many people in the crafting community and the sewing community have chronic illnesses and disabilities, 
And especially as we get older as well, like we find that our hands don't work as well, our eyes don't work as well. So it's important that this information is available for us so that we can make informed choices about our sewing machines and about our tools and about our sewing patterns. I've made this personal pledge that I'm going to get these sewing machine manufacturers to make accessibility information available on the site. I put a little post out on Instagram and I've talked to several people about it. The online Instagram's sewing community was so welcoming to it and they were like, why isn't this available? And they helped me get these companies to sit up and take notice. And now I'm speaking with several companies and they're in the process of getting these updates to the websites and creating this accessibility information. I mean, the companies have been so welcoming about making these changes as well. That's good. And they're also now saying to me, you know what, we've got these features on our sewing machines that would help people with disabilities, but what more can we do? What can we do when we're designing new sewing machines, which is just incredible. When I've spoke with a lot of companies, the, the features that the sewing machines have got, like auto threading and small things like that, they already have these features, but they're not advertised in a way that someone with disabilities would know that that would help them. So you could be struggling to thread your machine and you just don't know it's there to help you. I think that it's just really important to get this information out and then maybe in the future look at new ways for the machines to benefit people with disabilities. Yeah. That's really good that you've had a couple of the companies ask what more they can do. That's really positive. I actually thought the companies would be like, I don't think so. You know, mm-hmm. we're already doing enough, but 90% of them have been wonderful. I've been really appreciative and I know that the community is behind me as well, which makes a, a big, a big, um, can't think of the right word. Plus. <laughs> A plus, yeah, a big positive as well and a big plus for me. That's great. So I've got some questions from the socialist team, so I'll ask those of you Mm -hmm. because we're keen as mustard, as we say, down under. How does your condition impact on your sewing? So I have a few conditions. I I won't go into them all, but I have conditions that affect my eyes. So my vision, I get a lot of double vision. I have issues that affect my speech and it can become quite slurred and really hard to understand. I have issues that affect my hands and my balance as well. So it does affect my sewing quite a lot and some days I can't sew at all. I don't have any capacity to sit at my sewing machine. My brain fog's just so severe and I'm so tired. I'm in so much pain. It's just not possible for me to sit at my machine and I find that incredibly frustrating. Sewing is a huge release for me. It's a space I can go to clear my brain and forget what's going on outside the front door and have my own time. And when you can't do that, I find it incredibly frustrating. I think for me, sewing isn't just about making a garment or making a quilt. That's just what it produces. For me, it is that is that time away and that release from everything that everything outside the sewing room door. It's good that you've got sewing that helps you come back to yourself. Yeah, yeah. What have you done to make sewing more accessible for yourself? For me, obviously my hands, my vision, my normal healthcare, I have to make sure that that's up to point for me to be able to sew. So 
obviously getting my eyes checked, wearing my glasses, I wear an eye patch. But then it's things like making tools, getting tools that work with my hands, getting different types of pins that are easier to use because they have a larger head, seeing rippers with larger handles. So those kinds of things, the physical aspect of sewing, um, I have those tools to help me. And I also... I'm quite strict with how long I'm allowed to sew for. So if I'm not feeling very well, I will put a limit on how a timer on how long I'm allowed to sew for. And that's really important for me. Easy to sit at your sewing machine, start sewing. And before you know it, it's five hours later. You've not eaten for hours. <laughs> and yeah, uh, there's chaos brewing everywhere else. So for me, I set these timers because when I get into that sewing vortex, I will just start ignoring my body. So my body will be screaming in pain and I'm just like, no, I'm, I'm carrying on, I'm working through. And then what happens, my brain starts getting foggy. I start making loads of mistakes. So I set a sewing timer, depending on how I'm feeling, maybe an hour, 45 minutes, half an hour, even 15 minutes sometimes. And I'll set that sewing timer. And as soon as it ends, I will down tools and walk away, switch everything off and walk out the room. Obviously, I'll, I'll have a break. And if, I'm, if I feel I can go back, I will go back. But that's really important for me to keep me healthy. Because if I don't do that, I just end up making all those mistakes. And then the next day, my body is torn to shreds and I can't do anything for three or four days. And it's it's not worth it well it is worth it to have that sewing time but it's I have to it's that balance and it's interesting that you called it the sewing vortex as well it's a good practice to get into is to providing yourself with a set amount of time and now that you know your body too yeah it can affect me for like sometimes several days afterwards I'm so tired and fatigued and in pain and you just get into a vicious cycle as well with that pain because you've done too much you're in loads of pain and then you're fatigued and then you take medication to help your pain and then that can make you more fatigued and you get into quite a vicious cycle with it so to prevent yourself from getting it prevent me from getting into that cycle Mm -hmm. I use that sewing timer and I always say it's not a goal either so if after if I've set that timer for 45 minutes but after 25 minutes I'm too tired to sew anymore I quit there as well like it's not a goal it's just it's there as a limit for me and a guide on how long I'm allowed to sew for. Okay so the next question is what needs remain unmet? So that was about your needs. I don't have any personal needs that are unmet that I can't negotiate my way around. I really struggle threading my machine sometimes but I've found little tips and tricks like wrapping the thread around my finger while I'm threading it just so I'm not losing that thread a lot again and then I find some tools that are tricky to use and I haven't found an alternative so I wrap them up in plasticine to make the handle bigger so there's definitely things that I'm using to adapt that aren't yet available or I don't know there is an option available mm-hmm. but for me personally those are the needs that aren't being met for me from speaking to loads of people in the sewing community, I know that there's hundreds of issues. I can't physically go in and change, but I definitely would like to help make some changes. And I think with the Sew Enabled community, they've gotten to the point where they're looking at so many of the accessibility issues that are around and they've recognised that not everyone is the same. Mm -hmm. Um, So trying to 
address those issues for each person. I think it's going to take them a while, but they're really dedicated. Yeah, the disabilities and the chronic illness community, it's, it's so varied and everybody has so many different needs. And that's where a lot of the things come from, you know, and it's a big task. It is a big task. Yeah, it is. Following on from that, what are the tangible ways sewing businesses could take steps to improve and become more accessible? I definitely think at the moment that most people aren't even looking at accessibility within their businesses, whether that's a pattern company or a fabric shop that sells haberdashery and tools or whether it's sewing machine companies. I definitely think, I'm not saying every company, I understand that people are, are looking to make changes, but at the moment there doesn't seem to be much out there. And it would just be nice to start seeing those changes happening. It would be. Are there things that sewing businesses are already doing to make sewing easier for you? I definitely think there are some businesses out there that are making changes that they don't realise are helping people with disabilities and chronic illness. I always say them together because I feel, I'll I'll explain why I say that like that. I always say disabilities and people with disabilities and people with chronic illness, because I know that there's people that have disabilities that have issues with sewing, but I also know there's people with chronic illnesses that have issues with sewing. You might not necessarily have a chronic illness if you have a disability, or you might not necessarily have a disability if you have chronic illness. So I always say them like they're together. It's just rather than so people don't feel left out. Mm-hmm. Um, but the question on what sewing businesses are doing already. So there are people out there that are doing, say, there are some pattern companies out there that do, you know, step-by-step tutorials on certain aspects of the pattern or step-by-step sew-alongs. And they are so important for people that are neurodiverse or have disabilities or have brain fog, you know, being able to go somewhere and see that step-by-step process of sewing a pattern is, is invaluable. And their companies might not see that as an accessibility feature, mm-hmm. but it, it is so valuable. Um, something I would, I, I am going to start now, now I've got most of the sewing machine companies on board. Something that I have started putting together is a PDF of pattern companies to help them with their accessibility. Because I think when we say accessibility or these things that we want, it's a really daunting process, I think, for anyone, whether it's in the sewing community or, um, you know, anywhere. I think it's a really a daunting process. So I am putting together a PDF that will be available for sewing pattern companies and I'll send it out to them that just lists things like having an accessibility section on the website where people can go and find sew-alongs or find adjustments for the patterns to help them more accessible so we're removing buttons or zips or changing it for something that's easier they already have this content though and it's just putting it all into one place and that's what I think is going to be really important I mean as well as that I think you've got that side where you've got the accessibility on that side but then you've also got the side of accessibility on social media using image descriptions using captions showing the patterns with seated photos it all ties in 
and just making those small changes make a huge difference for the sewing community with people with disabilities and with chronic illness. So, I think one of the key things that I've always wanted to do with the podcast regarding accessibility was make sure that I had transcripts. Some of the podcasts do, but not all of them. And I had that in the back of my mind when I planned the podcast in the first place, that accessibility also means being able to read and be able to translate that as well. Yeah. That The PDF that you're doing for sewing companies is going to be a really good step forward because it gives them a starting point. They're not going to be thinking, oh, where do we start from? That's it. And that's what I would like for them. And I mean, what's going to be important for me as well is I don't want to give them this PDF and be like, this is everything you need to do right now or yeah. nobody disabled communities gonna want to buy from you that's not what I want it to be I want it to be as they're making changes to the website they're thinking oh do you know what I'm updating the website next month is there anything I can do to help with accessibility and make it better and have a look at that list and make steps from there it's not going to be I understand it's not going to be overnight but I just want them to have that information there so they can be like oh actually we're making that changes and I remember reading that pdf and that would help or you know I'm putting a post on up on social media I could use captions and I can use the image descriptions or we're photographing a new pattern next month I can take seated photos it's just it's going to take a long time but putting those tiny little steps in mm-hmm. and having that information on what they need to do is I think that's going to be it's going to be really vital for them it's taken me some time to put together actually and I've crowdsourced loads of information from people so I'm excited to get that out to them soon. That's a good way to put it it's a starting point and you know a reference that they can continue to build from. The seated photos can you talk me through that? Yeah it was actually my friend that started this Gina at So Disabled her Instagram and she's a wheelchair user and she was saying, you know, when people are taking garments, 99% of the time, photos of garments, they're stood up. So I don't know what they look like when people are sat down. And a lot of us, we spend 80% of our time sat down. So it's important for everyone, especially the wheelchair community and how that garment is going to look when they're sat down. And that's why the seated photos has become a, a big thing. And there's a hashtag, I believe it's sewn, shown, seated. And that's what people hashtag to show their garments in a seated position because it's really valuable for someone that's in a wheelchair to see those garments and how they look sat down. Now that you've explained it, it makes perfect sense. So anybody can do those seated photos and put those on Instagram. That'd be really helpful. Yeah. And it, it you don't have to do anything flash, just as a quick seated photo or even if you're outside, sit on a wall or a bench or it doesn't have to be a chair in the house or anything like that. And I know a lot of people when they're doing, I've seen a lot of people recently, I think Helen's Closet does it really great, where when she's doing a, like a little mirror selfie, she'll have a chair next to her as well and she'll take a seat on the chair. The Sober 50 community, they have one called Hashtag Fashions on a Friday and they usually do those seated on a lounge. Still, it's a seated photo. Yeah, like any seated photo, it's really great. But I don't just think that helps people in the wheelchair community. It's important for us all to see it as well. We all spend loads of time sat down. So you want to see those garments, how they look when they're sat down. Are they 
or even just saying, you know, when I'm sat down, the straps are tight, etc. I think that's important to let people know. What aspects of sewing brings you joy? There's so many aspects. So there's that aspect that I'm wearing garments that nobody else has or that I'm unique. The aspect that my clothes are adapted for me as well, that I've sewn these clothes to fit for me, to fit my body. I've made those adaptions to make them more comfortable for me as well. So that like I like to create my clothes so they've got a lot of ease over the tummy because that's quite a painful area for me. So I can do that with my clothes and that's that brings, definitely brings me joy. But having a hobby away from everything else is what brings me the most joy. Having a space to go into where I can just lose myself in my little sewing, well, try not to lose myself in my little sewing vortex, but, you know, having some time, yeah. I was thinking you talked about it earlier where that 45 minutes or an hour that you spend sewing, that's your time that you can lose yourself into the sewing vortex and then you bring yourself joy with the clothes that you've made. My favourite point of sewing is always that point where it's, just finished and you pop it on and then you stand in the mirror and have a little twirl and see all the the hard work that you've done and that is that joyful moment pop a little bit of music on and have a little dance around in your new garment that joy is just there's nothing that beats it for me yeah no comparison no there's no comparison at all so you've touched on this a bit earlier so the question is what aspects of sewing does it bring you joy because of the limitations it has for you? I think one of the biggest limitations is I don't have the energy or the physical restraints. That's probably the bit that doesn't bring me joy the most. And that's all I could really say is the bit that doesn't bring me joy. I enjoy everything that I do with, in relation to sewing. Like I, don't, I don't even mind cutting out fabric you know I know a lot of people say to me I hate cutting out my projects but I even love doing that I I think the only thing that doesn't bring me joy is when I have those physical limitations on the point of limitations unpicking seams have you figured out what works for you the the biggest thing that works for me is I have a, a big seam ripper so it's got a really big chunky handle it's textured it sits in my hand well and I think that's the biggest thing for me getting a good seam ripper but I don't even mind unpicking I'll sit me on the sofa with a <laughs> with a, a nice tv program and I don't mind unpicking and that's what works for me I think with seam rippers though and also in tools they're really it is really personal to you all of our disabilities are so varied it is what works for you so if I know we can, most in the UK we can't to a haberdashery and try out the seam rippers, but if there is somewhere you can go and have a feel of them and get to know them, I would recommend doing that because it is it is a personal aspect and how you use those seam rippers is yeah is important for you personally. Yeah. And again, I think you've touched on this too. So the question is, does your condition influence what you make? It really does. I make a lot of loose dresses and loose clothing because that's what my body needs. And I also have 
because of my conditions, the shape of my body fluctuates quite drastically sometimes by several inches in a day. So it's important for me that my clothes are comfortable as well, because the worst thing that you, you want is when you're in pain to have clothing digging into you and causing you extra pain. So it does influence my choices um, on what I'm sewing. I very rarely make anything that's super fitted or tight or it's just too uncomfortable for me. Sewing has given me the opportunity to make my clothes, though, that are going to be more comfortable for me and make those changes across areas that are sensitive and, you know, and making just even small things like top stitching down my seams so they don't irritate me or flat felling them, you know. All those things make a difference as well. Are there one or two things that pattern designers can do to make their patterns more accessible? I think some pattern designs, I don't think there's changes that need to be made with the actual designs, more the instructions. So making the instructions accessible for everyone, making sew-alongs with detailed things of the different techniques that you're using within that pattern construction or creating speaking to the disabled community and creating hacks that are going to work for them as well or having a look at the hacks that you can do with those patterns and the adaptions to see if there is any benefit people within the disabled community and again showing the seated photos. Before we finish up what would you like to say to our listeners about accessibility and what they can do if you don't have a sewing business or a pan company or anything like that I think accessibility doesn't just lie with the companies it lies with everyone so doing those small changes like I said before using captions if you're making a video or image identification or again if you're taking a photo of your own garment take a seated photo and the more we all do it, the more we get used to it, the more we'll get used to seeing it and it, it will make a difference. Yep, those three small things. Yeah, I do often say on my Instagram channel about different things we can all do as well and I do like little posts and things like that. So I'd encourage listeners, if you're not already following Sam, to go to her Instagram account, which is Purple Sewing Cloud, and have a look at her posts and her stories and to get more familiar about accessibility and what you can do to help. There's a couple of other posts as well, further back that are more about ableism as well. And um, I'm not going to go into that here, but if you wanted to have a look over them as well, which are really important to read as well for the community. They are. Great. Samantha, thank you so much for coming on to the Socialist Podcast today. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. And I'm really thankful that you've brought these issues to us so that we can all take a step ourselves to make what we do more accessible too. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me and giving, giving me the space to talk about it. It's, it's, been a, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks a lot, Samantha. And have a lovely day, listeners. This episode of Soul Organised Style Podcast was produced for The Socialist by me, Maria Theoharis, with permission of Samantha, sound by bensound.com. You can subscribe to So Organised Style Podcast, but with an S, not a Z, on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and all good podcast apps. 
post any questions or suggestions you have on the Socialist Instagram account or on the Socialist website, socialist.com. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.